I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Course Outside Off Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shovinoff. Oh, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. I got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, boys. Uh, a bunch of news. No UC to recap, but we got a card coming up this Saturday night. Uh, before we break into all the action, as always, we're brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy, keep me fueled up no matter where I'm at, whether I'm at the gym working at home where I'm watching the Chiefs move to their fourth bowl in the last five years, baby. Um, just just the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes, uh, doing the damn thing. They kept me excited during that boring game. Not really a boring game, but you get my point. It's a defensive, uh, defensive type game. And you know what? You know what chilled me out after the victory, though? After, after the dub? Licks for Delta 8s. And you can get them as well for uh, code uh, with code SOUNDOFF for 10% off at checkout. Code sound off for both Rogue Energy and Elixir.com. Code sound off. Um, like I said, you know, nothing to really recap. Uh, I mean, one championship had a card, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the news section. Um, but nothing really happened. Bit of a light weekend. Um, I mean, yeah, Royal Rumble, if you're a wrestling fan, you know, Chiefs in uh, Baltimore. Obviously, that's a bunch of football going on. But in terms of MMA, nothing to recap. However, we do have a card going down this Saturday night. At the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, in the words of Nano Moicano, who gives a fuck? Uh, I'd say it's an Apex card. Um, but we're going to preview it. Because uh, jokes aside, there are some actually really uh, fun and interesting matchups on this one. We got ranked middleweights in the main event. Roman Didelize, who, you know, has come really, I don't want to say come out of nowhere, but had a really nice winning streak, won four in a row before ultimately losing to Martin Vittori last March in London. And during that winning streak, he beat, picked up some stoppage wins over the likes of Phil Hawes and Jack Hermanson and so on and so forth. He will now be returning to the cage to take on the sniper out of uh, out of France, uh, Nasruddin Imovov, let's call him Roman. Uh, fuck, dude. Nesterdine's had an interesting UC career, to kind of put it mildly. He came in with, like, I don't want to say, like, a lot of hype, but he picked up some nice knockout wins. He beat Jordan Williams, had a loss to Phil Hawes, sandwiched in a couple of other big wins, murdered Edmund Shabazian, but at this point, who hasn't? Um, but in his last two, he faced, funny enough, the Man Dance podcast. Uh, he lost to Sean Strickland, and he had a no contest with Chris Curtis last June in Canada, both of these guys are looking to get back in the win column. Both of them are trying to keep their place in the middleweight rankings. Five rounds for these two. What do you make of this matchup? I'm excited, man. Look, ever since uh, Izzy was dethroned, like, I, I really do you feel like they have done their best, I think, to try to get this division going. Because uh, this isn't the only 185 fight going down in this card. I know it's not ranked, but we also have uh, uh, Kerzia versus Mahmoud Muradov going down. Both of those guys, uh, uh, Muradov at one point, like, not that far from breaking out, got stopped by Gerald Mershart, kind of delayed the career there for a little bit, came back two years against Cal Barrelli, ended up getting a loss there. But just the fact that, you know, they're, they're trying to get those guys going there. And even, I think even next week, Josh, we got Joe Piper coming up as well. Mm-hmm. I guess her I mean, that's another 185er uh, affair going down there. 
and it's and it's a ranked you know ranked guys and and also on that card Brad Tavares, Gregory Rodriguez, Armin Pujolian, Rodolfo Vieira, uh, you know like we're we're getting this division going, which is a healthy thing. I think that's a that's a very important thing because uh, for a while there's this division was very just stuck. You know you had your Marvin Vittori's, your uh, Jerry Kenny, Robert Whitakers, and uh, what is it? Your Jack Hermans is like right there near the upper end of it, like you know, top five, top six, you know, kind of holding it down. And then you had some hmm. guys below that hanging around. They were, you know, they're all right, but they weren't necessarily breaking through yet either. You know, your your Brendan Allen's of the world. Uh, I know I threw Jack Hermans in there as well, but you know, your Jack Hermans and uh, so on and so forth. But like this, this. Uh, this attitude of like we got to get it going, I, I am I am down for it, you know, because this division needed it. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. on top of that, for a while there, I was saying, look, if, if there's one division where a guy can just come in and make statements and, and uh, blow it up, it could be a division like 185. And it's crazy because initially that guy ended up being Alex Mahea, then Sean Strickland, and now Drikas. I mean, it's kind of wild. I think I saw the stat, Josh. It was like 185 has had four different champs in ten months. Mm-hmm. And then there was a stat below it of like how many champs there's been and at forty five and I think it's four or three. I think it was Volk, Aldo, Max, and Connor. Yep. Correct. In fourteen years or something like that. Like just you know, wild numbers, you know. At, at the same time, I think it's I mean it's great for the sport, you know. I uh I don't know, it's weird, right? I feel like people either like you you can appreciate and love uh a dominant champion, but at the same time, some people can kind of get tired and bored of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it just depends. But you know, when you're witnessing greatness, it's like, at least to me, I'm like, I, I gotta appreciate it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm somewhere on the middle on that. Like, I really, I don't know, man. It really, I take it on a case by case basis. Like, there's definitely champions that I like that have been like dominant over the years. Um, obviously, I there's so there's so many legends to count, but at the same time, there's also been some champions where it's like they're dominant. It's like I don't know if it's a case where the division sucks or maybe, like, it's just not as entertaining. Middleweight. They're just that I, good. Yeah, yeah. Like, Izzy had some stinkers, but Izzy also had some incredible performances, too, as champ, too. So it's, like, somewhere, you know, somewhere in the middle for me personally. But I will say that I have actually really enjoyed the kind of middleweight title, kind of jumping around, bouncing around. Like, it's a division that, throughout its history, has generally – it's had some dominant champions, Izzy – and Anderson, but really outside of that, it's kind of been a title that's always bounced around. If you look historically, um, and even in those couple of years that we didn't have, you know, Izzy as champ, we had, you know, we like the the gap between Anderson and Izzy. We had Weidman, Rockle, Bisping, Whitaker, GSP, like we all in the span of like two to three years. Dude. Like so, um, <laughs> I just, I just kind of how this division is, man. And I will say the middleweight division right now is uh, it's fucking it's great, dude. It's stacked, and that's. That's the main reason why it's moving around so much. DDP, obviously the new champ, man. But even then, like, I don't, I don't think he'll hold the title long either. Like, I could easily see him facing somebody like Jared Cannonier and getting upset. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a good division. Even then, you have guys like, like, obviously we'll we'll get to you know Imavov and um, Didelize because they're the ones you know main eventing this weekend. But like, you have guys like Hamza Chimaev who are coming up. You know what I mean? Who just moved up from welterweight to middleweight, and he's looking fucking great. And might get a title shot next. You know what I mean? Like you got you got guys like Fluffy Hernandez who are on the rise. Like Chris Curtis just picked up a win. He's a guy that has a great story. Like middleweight is popping right now. Um, and uh, speaking of Chris Curtis, he just called for an Apex main event. I hope they give him one because um, he deserves it. And, and in regards to this fight this weekend, it should be pretty exciting. Both of these guys need 
need wins. You know what I mean? Not really in the span of like, in, in the, the strain of like, they'll get cut or anything like that. But obviously, Roman, he looked like he was going to be, he looked like he was on the rise, and then he got stopped by Vittori, and obviously, Imavov, two, two fights without a win. In terms of the fight itself, man, this this five round middleweight uh, main event, who do you got? I was questioning myself this morning, Josh, um, but but I need I, I keep saying, man, I need to go with my gut and not change my my choices. You know, I need to, I need to stick through with it. And and for a while now, ever since this fight got announced, I've I've been thinking Roman deletes it, man. I think he's gonna get it done. For Nazarene, mm-hmm. he's very we. I, I feel like we constantly hear like. Dude, this kid is this kid is it? You know he's gonna he's up next. And look, I know he's only had two losses, and he and he's you know falling short. Once and then and it was Sean Strickland, you know, one that we can really put some weight behind. But it was, if I remember right, there there was some weight stuff going up there. They had to do it last minute because they had to change the main event or Coman. I can't remember what it was. So there there's some factors to it. I just don't think Nazarene is there yet for some reason. Um, he's 27. He's young. He's in those prime years. I think right now Roman, who's older, you know, and, and their records are really not that far apart. I mean, actually, Roman has less fights than Nazarene. Um, mm. I think Roman Deleuze is going to get it done, dude. I, I just have a feeling. There's something about these fucking Georgians, dude, that I just have a lot of faith in. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you. I'm, ta- I'm taking Roman to get, the, to get the job done here. I mean, I like Nazarene a lot. I think he's a guy that has a lot of potential, but he's still only 28 years old. Um, it looks like maybe he got pushed a bit much too soon. You know what I mean? It's funny because he beat – you know, he beat the fuck out of Edmund Shabazian. And he's a guy who's pushed too much too soon. And that was kind of the win that made everybody think, like, oh, this is Nasruddin kid. He's, you know, like... And, and you're not wrong. Yeah. When you look yeah, at it, should... I mean, he he went from, you know, fighting Jordan Williams, then Phil Hawes, which, you know, that Lots was... Also Phil Hawes, too. Like, yeah, and, and it's kind of weird, right, in hindsight, right, especially with how things have gone from Phil Hawes since then. But it's, you know, he went from, you know, it was Ian Heinish, Edmund Shabazian, Joaquin Buckley, and then Sean Strickland. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. especially, like I say, and, and now with Sean, you know, after the fact, like Sean being champ, it's kind of like, dang. But he did, he did his best in there, you know? Like you said, he did the man dance. Hmm. Yeah, man. And that's kind of, that's kind of the thing, man. Like, I really do think Nasruddin may be, like, he may be that guy, but like, I don't know. Like, it looks like he got pushed too much too soon. And even that Sean Strickland fight, uh, you know, Strickland took that fight on like, five days notice four days notice and that's why he was a light heavyweight and still beat him relatively cleanly like uh yeah man i mean i like and now granted sean strickland does it a lot i mean he takes a lot of short notice fights so he's all, kind of always ready but at the same time man um kind of a bad look and you know he's kind of faltered the two the two times he's kind of stepped up to the top level um he's kind of faltered so i'm gonna take roman uh and that's not to say roman's like a world beater and has proved that he's a top 10 guy really that much either but, I mean, he tore through Jack Hermanson, just beat the shit out of him. And, you know, he did knock out Phil Hawes impressively. He did knock out Kyle Dawkins impressively. Um, Even the Vittori fight, though, Josh, like, I remember at the time that had a little, you know, some people thought that Roman should have got the nod there, if I remember. It right. was a close fight. It was a close fight. You know? And there's no shame losing to Vittori. I mean, I understand he's, you know, he himself, he's coming off a loss, and he's kind of suffered a lot of the top, a lot of losses at the top level. But at the same time, Vittori's still a top guy, top five guy in his own right. So there's no shame and, in losing to him either. And young too, which is so annoying, right? Like yeah. the fact that he's gonna be around for a while. Like annoying for the division, I mean. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So I, I, you know, I think uh, I'm gonna take Roman to get the win here. I would not be surprised in the slightest if Nostradamus picked up the win, but I'm gonna go ahead and roll with Roman. Um, 
in the co-main event, admittedly, I'm, I'm far more excited than, for the co-main event than I am the main event. Uh, Hanato Moicano. Moicano wants money. Um, a guy that's been around in the UFC for quite a while now. Started off in featherweight. We kind of looked like, okay, this guy's a future title challenger. He's not really gotten all the way there yet. And in his lightweight move, he kind of had some rough outings. But he's won three of his last four. The only loss was a one to Rafael Dos Anjos. No shame in losing that one. Last submitted Brad Riddell in November. Taking on Drew Dober. Another veteran, 35 years young. Coming off a knockout win of Ricky Glenn, which was just... uh you know, it's not too often that uh, the UC does a squash match, like uh, like straight up WWE pro wrestling style. Uh, but everybody knew what was go- what the case was going into that one. Uh, so Drew Dober, man, uh, won four of his last five. V- very similar kind of story to Nanamui Kano in terms of recent success. Uh, what do you make of this fight? It's going to be a banger. Betting odds, very similar to the main event, straight down the middle, super close. Dude, I mean, uh, look, all I know is this fight has – I know it's going to deliver. There's no way it doesn't. Both these guys are dangerous. Both these guys are game. Both have a, you know, they keep finishing the fight at any moment. Uh, once again, dude, all week I've I've been Moicano. I'm sick of Moicano. Moicano's gonna get that money. Moicano's gonna get that bonus. Uh, mm-hmm. But Drew Dober's a fucking dangerous guy, though. I wouldn't be surprised if Drew Dober comes out here successful. Um, he's like you like you mentioned. He's been kind of coming on as of lately. Did have a you know a pebble in the road there, but doesn't mean that he can't uh, continue and bounce back. For Mikano, though, I feel like this is a big moment for him. This is his, you know, he's kind of been talking it up, getting us hyped up. It's like, are you gonna, are you gonna take that step forward and kind of, because with this Drew Dober win, Josh, he's not that far removed from ranked opponents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's not at all. He's not at all. I mean, this would be a really big stepping stone kind of moment for him. You know, um, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and take Kunal Moicano too. Now, I, I will admit, I'm biased in this in the fact that I really like Moicano. And that's kind of driving my motivation to pick him. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I really like the guy. I think it's going to be a very fun fight. I think if it hits the mat, I definitely think uh, Hanata Moikan is going to get the dub. Um, and I think that's probably the way it's going to go. I mean, Jude Ober, he's not he's not some slouch on the ground before su- submission losses. You've kind of seen the way uh, other guys have been able to just kind of go through him on the mat if, he, if it, they can get it down there. Um, I think Hanata Moikan will have to take some bombs on the feet for sure. Uh, but I think he's going to go ahead and get the win. And in, in regards to the rest of this card, Angel, I mean, it's uh, there's there's some fucking great matchups, man. Which ones are you most excited for in the undercard of UC Vegas 85? Dude, I'm excited for Randy Brown, Muslim, Solikov. Solikov just has such a fun style. I know the guy's 39, but his Sanchu, like, style is just... And the guy, I mean, I brought this up a while back, dude. I didn't know this guy was, like, a legend in China until he fought the Liege. Uh... <laughs> Like this guy has like this reputation because of this this uh discipline he 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 learned and and, and mastered. Uh, like I said, his fucking kicks, dude. Like they're some of the best in the UFC. Mm, yeah. No, you're not wrong. This fight was supposed to go down, I believe, last month um, on the paper. Um, excuse me. Yeah, two months ago, actually. Now at this point, two ninety six in December. Um, yeah, I'm happy they kept this matchup together. Because on the feet, this one's going to be a banger, man. I mean, Randy Brown, uh, the record doesn't stand out too too crazy. He's been around for a long time. But he's improved leaps and bounds since, I'd say, 2020, 2021. He's in his early 30s. He seems to be hitting his prime. The only loss was one to Jack De La Maddalena, And, again, no shame in that. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, Chinese legend, Muslim Salikov, 
super entertaining. You can definitely tell he's getting older, though, man. Uh, 39 years old, going to be 40 in June. Um, you can definitely tell he's kind of slowed down a bit, but still, like, entertaining as fuck, dude. So, um, very excited for that fight. Very excited for that fight. You know, in terms of the rest of the card, man, um, excited to see the, the, the comeback of Mahmoud Muradov. 33 years old, you know, he's a guy who's super high on, and then he lost to Gerald Mearshart. Yeah. That's all kind of, kind of downhill after that. I, I remember he's that fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I, just, I remember that fight. I watched it at a, at a friend's house. Like, we were all kind of hanging out, and uh, no one gave a fuck about the fights, but I was watching them. And everybody, because uh, this was the Edson Barbosa Giga fight. I remember, I think I picked Edson to beat Giga at the time. And, uh, Dude, he he lost to Jared Mershaw, and I was in shock. I was in shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually in disbelief, dude, because I, I was like, dude, Mahmoud Murdoff's going to say next guy at 185. He's coming up. Did not end up being the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I really thought he was uh, – man, I thought he was going to be for real. I, I really – I mean, he still might be. He's, you know, he's 30, you know, 30, 33, I believe. He's still good, but uh, taking off an undefeated kid here, and and then by kid I mean he's also in his early thirties. But you know, <laughs> I was gonna have and, and uh, he's, a, he's a dog. Believe, yeah, who submitted? I can't think of his name right now, but I believe he submitted. Um, oh, fuck, what is his name, dude? Uh, Denny's Tetolin in uh, last March. So interested to see him. Um, in terms of other cards, in terms of other fights on the card, excited to see the comeback of Gilbert Urbina. Very excited to see that. Uh, Molly McCann making the drop down from flyweight to strawweight for the first time in her career. That one's going to be interesting. Uh, taking on uh, Diana Belbieta, who she already defeated in 2019 by decision. Uh, so a rematch there should be interesting. Uh, Tembo Geronimo, I don't want to fuck up his name, but Tembo Geronimo, Gerombo, I don't know. Taking on Pete Rodriguez. Banger. That one's going to be banger, however long it lasts. I'm a big fan of Pete Rodriguez. Is he actually that good? No. Does he come to swing and bang every time he's out there? 100%. Uh, so excited to see Pete Rodriguez back, man. Um, should be a fun one. Um, Julius Silverenko, the, the armbar legend, going to be fighting Luna Carolina um, on the on the undercard here as well. Uh, any any other fights you want to go and highlight uh, from UC Vegas 85? Dude, at 125, Charles Johnson's taking out Aza Muxa. Uh Dude, another Kazakhstanian guy, flyweight. I remember, like... Every now and then, Josh, like, I'm always looking, like, who's the next guy? Who's going to come through? And he was a guy that I kind of caught eye of just looking at randomly through flyweight rankings uh, globally. Uh, he had a decent, he had a nice little fight against Tyson Nam. Wasn't easy. You know, Tyson Nam is always game, mm-hmm. has that capability of knocking guys out, especially at 125, which is always, you know, we love that shit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he definitely had to, he had to work for that one a little bit. But like I said, it was, you know, it's the first UFC fight. Uh, young, and like I said, taking on a very experienced and, and a veteran in Tyson Nam. Uh, I have high hopes for the 28 year old man, and they just signed another Kansas City fighter, dude, who's a bantamweight. Like, like this sport is growing so much, man, and especially in that region of the world. I don't know, like, the 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 quality of fighter that's coming out of there is is great. Hmm. Yeah, man, I I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you. Um, should be a banger, and and. Since you, since you brought it up, flyweight man, I think I feel like I feel like I bring this up like a fair bit now, but flyweight just has so many good guys, so many good young guys, dude. Like I don't know what's going on, but like there's a big youth movement going on in flyweight. You know what I mean? 
Um, and now part of that's probably the fact that like back in I think it was 2020 now, now oh, four years ago now at this point, uh, they cut all those flyweights because they were going to get rid of the division, and then they didn't get rid of the division. Um, so they had a, it could be that, but I don't know, man. Definitely a lot of fun guys go on a flyweight. But yeah, man, this this card is uh, is it anything too crazy? No. Should be a lot of fun, though, man. There's some definitely some very good matchups for people to look forward to on Saturday night. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, that's all we got in terms of uh, previews. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's an all right card. It's, it's not going to blow anybody's hair back, but it should be a fun one. I, I, I'm honestly – I will say that I, I think it's not as good as next week's uh, Vegas card, but that's just my opinion. Just my opinion. I, I'm actually relatively excited for that card going down on the 10th. I think there's some really good matchups there. Regardless, man, uh, yeah, nothing to recap, nothing else to really preview either. However, we do have a boatload of news because, dude, in the fucking the week since we've recorded, uh, just so much news has come out uh, from basically everywhere in the combat sports world. So we're going to go ahead and hit it off at the top with a fight announcement. Jake Paul, fresh off a knockout win over Andre August in December, will be returning to the ring in Puerto Rico to take on Ryan the Rhino Borland. Um, this is another guy that's more of a traditional boxer. I believe 17 and 2 is the record, six knockouts. Uh, mostly fought at light heavyweights. Has one fight in the last six years. Kind of, kind of what you would expect for a Jake Paul opponent. Uh, Angel, what are your thoughts on this matchup? It's kind of what we expected. Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, look, it's, He's trying to improve the level of opponent, but without taking a lot of risk. People are going to shit on him being like, his cherry pick, all this and that. But I don't think, like, a lot of these people who are, like, commenting on here understand how this boxing world works. Dude. Like, this is part of the process. You know, this is mm-hmm. the kind of fights he's going to take. And over time, you're going to see, like, slightly levels of increase in quality. And I think this is, once again, a slightly increase in quality. Look, is a cherry pick? Yes, the guy uh, hasn't fought in, what, two four years, something like that. He's blown mm-hmm. up for the weight class a little bit. But he is a Golden Glove champs win locally, wherever he wherever he won him at. He did Which a South ma- Dakota. He did a massive, decent sized record. Uh, you know he is capable of knocking him out. But like I said, there's some caveats to that. You know he's been inactive, and, and like I said, he he's a little bigger for the puts on. You know he's carrying a little extra pounds for the weight class he's going at. So there's to it. But like I said, you like, people are gonna disrespect Jake for it. But I like I gotta say it like. Um, Jake's earning a little bit of more of my respect each time because I see he's trying to – he's going the traditional boxing route and at the same time improving the competition somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, I, uh, I'm i somewhere in the middle on this, right? Like this – I'll be honest. I, I watched a fair – same thing as what happened with Andre August. I watched some film on, on this dude, and uh, he's not good. Um, he's really not good. At the same time, though, this is what you would expect for – how old is Jake now? 26, 27? Like, this is what you would expect for a guy who's taking on, like, his 10th pro fight with very limited amateur experience. Taking on a guy that's not good. Um, he's not good. I'm not trying to be mean to him, and, and I'm very happy that he got the opportunity. And same thing for Andre August. Like, these guys are journeyman fighters who are getting paydays. More power to him. Super happy for him. And, uh, you know, Ryan Borland, I, I believe he's already retired once due to injuries back in, like, 2020, um, which is why he ended up taking off the multiple years and, and so on and so forth. He's had one fight 
since 2018, which was a 2022 uh, knockout win over San Antonio Martin, who, funnily enough, uh, Andre August also beat back in 2019. Um, yeah, fun facts. Uh, look, uh, Ryan Borland, he's not a very good, very good boxer. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna try, I'm trying to be like, I, I guess I don't know how I feel about this. You know what I mean? I mean, that is like, little, like I told yeah. you though, Josh, I still think none of these fights yeah. are guaranteed, dude. There's some journey, there's some journeymen out there who've come out and surprised us throughout history. It doesn't happen too often. But there's that guy who shows up on that night and yeah. somehow gets it done and, uh, and has this big moment, you know? I, I, I don't necessarily think this guy's gonna be it. But anything's possible, man. And there, and there might be that one guy on Jake, when that Jake picks out who decides to be a little too too tough for their own good and, and kind of shows out a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. Um, but I would I will say this: I think Andre August had a much better chance of being that guy than Ryan Borland does. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not trying to be mean to him, man. But he's been very inactive. He's a light heavyweight um, who is taking this fight up a weight class. He's gonna look like a—he looks like a bag of milk. I mean, <laughs> like relatable I mean, he, man. I, no, I'm not trying to shame him for his body. I—I I feel the same exact way. But I mean, if you look up his career, sorry, Josh, are, had, you, are you body shaming? I'm gonna fucking cancel you. <laughs> My bad, dude. I mean, if you look—but if you look up his career, man, I mean, he—he he got slept by Israel Duffus, who himself is a guy that's used as a as a can for a lot of other high profile boxers. He got knocked up a Chef Clark not too long ago. Um. He's not good. At the same time, these is, this is what you should be doing if you're Jake Paul. I have no issue with this fight. Uh, I don't, don't think it's going to be a competitive one. I think Andre August is a way better opponent than Ryan Borland at the same time. But also, this is what you should be doing. Um, and this is what a lot of people said they wanted from Jake Paul too. Like, fight a boxer, fight a boxer. Like, this is what, this is what boxing looks like, dude. Like, you get these guys who are hobbyists. Taking on boxing now. I mean, like hobbyists, and maybe not Ryan Boring. I mean, he's had like 19 fights. But you get my point here. Like guys who have very limited experience, um, at the very least at the top level, and aren't very good, beating other guys who aren't very good, and uh, that that's that's kind of how it goes. That's what that's what like 90% of boxing is. Like obviously, guys like Canelo Alvarez are the one of one percent. Like there's a whole other laundry list of guys who just don't make it. And who are just kind of journeyman guys, and that's who Jake Paul should be fighting. And Ryan Borland fits that fits that like mold perfectly. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. It's going to be uh, eight rounds at cruiserweights, I believe. Cruiserweight. I, I'd have to double check that. Jake's last fight, but I believe is at heavyweights. So I don't. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, double check. Just just cruiserweight. Eight rounds going to take place on the undercard of Amanda Serrano's next title defense. So. Kind of cool that he's letting Serrano have her moment in her uh, hometown. So that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, man, that's all my thoughts on the fight. I don't, I don't have anything uh, too deep on it. Uh, but yeah, man, gonna go ahead and uh, keep it on going, man. We talked about this briefly last week. Uh, John Anik, who said that he was thinking about stepping away from the UFC whenever his contract expires, and uh, I believe like late 2025, early 2026. Um, he he said that he's thinking about it largely because of uh, the UFC kind of fan base and strictly, uh, specifically Sean Strickland fans. Well, he's issued an apology for that. Uh, he's come out and said that he's not planning on leaving, and that uh, that you know his words are kind of taken out of context, on and so forth. Just to kind of quickly wrap up this whole situation, uh, what do you what do you make about John Anik apologizing for his comments? 
just a little disappointing double back, man. I think he, what he said came from a, it was justified. You know, his feelings were justified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, dude. Um, I really don't think he had to apologize. And it's one of those things that makes you wonder if the UFC made him apologize. Um, cause they're not above that, you know, like Dana. You're I mean, right, I'm Josh. Not gonna get, I, I think the UFC might have yeah. walked in and held him at gunpoint. No, I mean, I was at gunpoint. I don't know about that, but <laughs> Dana was ready to oil him up, bro. He was just, just, just he's going to turn the tables. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, uh, you know, jokes aside, um, yeah, I think that, uh, this is, I don't think he needed to apologize. I wonder if the UFC made him because for all their talk, and I'm not going to get Josh is going to go on another fucking UFC rant. Uh, but for all their talk, they really are the kind of, um, you know, about free speech and all that. They don't really believe in any of that shit. You know, they just, they want to promote their political ideology. You know what I mean? Um, cause in the past, whenever guys have said stuff they don't like, they will come down very hard on them, including cutting them or whatever it may be, fining them. So I could have seen the UC, you know, putting a call in because some soft fans got their feelings hurt. But also Sean Strickland even came out and ripped into rich ripped into John Annick. So um, you know, I mean, it is what it is, man. I don't think he had to apologize, but I, I get why he did. It didn't help that you had Sean Strickland come out and was like, you know, oh, I love these savage these savages and yada yada yada, you know. So, um, you know, you. you it is what it is. I don't have any any too deep thoughts on it. I, I'm very disappointed that he apologized, though, man. I really think <clears throat> he, he didn't say anything wrong. It wasn't necessary. I mean, he's not wrong. The MMA fan base and Angel, we've been around for a minute, man. Um, it's changed a lot. This sport has changed a lot just in, in the span of the last three years. Fuck 5'10", you know what I mean? So it's it's changed a lot, and I really don't think John Anik had to issue any sort of apology. I thought that was very unnecessary. Uh, but it is what it is. It was very much, I'm, I'm, we had to go ahead and bring it back up. A lot of people were talking about it because really there was nothing else going on last week. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, a bit of a shame that he came out and apologized, but I get it. I get it. Um, <clears throat> anyways, man, I think we should go ahead and, uh, keep it rolling. So we got some other stuff, man. Soon, Angel, soon. We will find out where Kevin Lee fits into the UFC. Uh, because Kevin Lee, the Motown phenom, he is back. Um, just, just less than a year after retiring, uh, getting brutalized by Renat Factor, you know, last July, he will now be returning. He took to Twitter, excuse me, X. He took to X, dumbest fucking social media platform name ever. Um, took to X and said that he is going to go ahead and come back, man. What do you make about the Motown phenom former title challenger, Kevin Lee, returning to the cage? I mean, he's still young. I think that's a big thing. And he hasn't taken, like, an extreme amount of damage or I'm worried about the return. At the same time, though, I know that he's – we know that he's dealt with, this, like, several injuries. And, you know, we talked about in the past where there was a change in him and in, there was a change overall – in his fight career after his, uh, he lost his coach that he was with originally. And, uh, you know, that all, all, all those kind of factors kind of playing into his career, right? It's kind of crazy how, you know, all that stuff just together just changed history, you know, changed his, his career trajectory as a whole and kind of uh, the place he's at now. But like I said, I feel like he's young enough. Maybe he could get stuff together. Maybe he could put a run. I, I don't know. Cause at one point in time, 
Kevin Lee could have been maybe UFC champ. I mean, as much as people like to, I mean, I was about to say shit on people shit on everybody in the MMA world. Um, but yeah, yeah, come on, dude. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but as much as people do like to say, you know, certain things, he really like, he really is that fucking good. Like at a certain point, he was championship caliber. Like he fought for the interim title against Tony Ferguson, and if we're being honest, that was an undisputed title fight. I mean, no, everybody knew Connor wasn't coming back. Um, that was late. I believe that was October of 2017. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was, he was not coming back. That was a real title fight and he nearly beat him. Like he nearly beat him. Um, and, and not really in this, in the type of way that like, you know, it was a close decision. Like he, he did get subbed, I believe in the fourth round, but like the first round of that fight was Kevin Lee ragdolling Tony Ferguson, beating the shit out of him. And it makes you wonder if he didn't have, you know, a staff infection and get gassed out as soon as the second round started. Like, even for Kevin Lee standards, it was really bad um, of gassing out. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, that, it really does make you wonder, man. A, a prime Kevin Lee could have been UC champion, and he got close. But now, he's only 31, but he might as well be 41 or 51. Like, I'll tell you this much, as, as a guy who's – I'm not a pro athlete. I'm 22 years old, though. And uh, I personally, like, my my back feels like I'm 42, man. It's not about the age. It's about the miles, bro. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, like, fucking my knee, like, I'm like Kamaru Usman. I walk up the stairs, my knees just start clicking and start fucking fucking with me. You know what you, I mean? You, like, walk, you walk up the stairs backwards? Uh, it, you know, I'm getting there, Angel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be for real with you, dog. I was walking up the stairs to my apartment yesterday. And it was like, fuck, dude, maybe I should start doing what Kamaru does, dude, because I, I got terrible arthritis in my knees. And jokes aside, I'm sure Kevin Lee has the same fucking thing. So, because he's, he's tore his shit multiple times, like, uh, his ACL and MCL, I believe. And he tore it again against Renat. So, um, he fought with it torn, I believe. He said that he tore it as soon as he stepped in the cage, which I told you off air. I, I think he probably came into the fight with it injured. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 cautious about a Kevin Lee return. I'm not for all, all that I just said. I'm not against it. Like if he fights guys like maybe Tony Ferguson and Jesus Christ, Tony should retire, but he hasn't been released, so they're probably not going to do it. Um, if <laughs> he rematch. fights guys like Tony for yeah, like the rematch, right? I could see him fighting guys like Tony, Jim Miller, um, you know, oh, like veterans of the game. Because even though Kevin Lee's not there in age, he's been around in the UFC since he's been like 20. So you know, he's he's a seasoned veteran at this point in time. Um, personally, I, I would go ahead and, uh, I'd book him against one of those guys, man. I think that he's dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of, a lot of recent losses. And I think that's what I personally do. I'm not opposed to a comeback, but facing top 15 guys, that's over. Like, I think that's, cause it wasn't that he lost or not, you know, that's not the issue. It's that he lost in like 30, like he got blown out of there in the same way that I would, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Just Renat just walked for him, boom, dropped his ass, subbed him in twenty seconds. You know might, I mean? Yours might have been a little quicker. No, mine would have been quicker, but I mean, Kevin Lee got dusted inside of thirty, so it's like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 really rough. But like I said, I'm not opposed to uh, a Kevin. Who do you who do you think is a perfect fight for Kevin Lee at this point in his career? At one fifty five, Alexander Hernandez. Ooh, that's actually a really good fight. I know Dana put me. Get me as a new uh, UC matchmaker. Fuck that other guy. They should have got guy. you instead of that other fucking guy. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. That was a good one, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think, I I don't know if he's going to fight at 155 or 170. He hasn't said. So, 
He said he's going to get in shape, and yeah. I think he might even said lose weight. I, I don't know. So I'm assuming 155 more than 170. Me too, Kevin. Me too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, maybe 155 then. But I knew that, like, he had the one – Renat was 170, I think. And then uh, Diego Sanchez was 165 in, the, in Eagle FC whenever they had that division in that company existed for all <laughs> of three events. Uh, which, you know, I got a shout out to Eagle FC. They put me on their fucking, they put me on, they used to put my tweets on the screen. UFC won't do it. They've never done it. Wait, and, uh, did they I'll, actually do that? Do you have a screenshot of that somewhere? I think I have it somewhere on my phone. Yeah. I think I have it somewhere <laughs> on my phone. They, they put me on the, on the broadcast a fair bit. They're, they're, they're still doing, uh, events just in Russia and Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan, just not in the U.S. Correct. Which is like, you know. I, I I get it, and I don't even think I don't even think uh, I don't think Habib owns it anymore, or at the very least he doesn't operate it. Like he uh, doesn't. According to yeah. Tapology, he does. Man, this is Tapology. Yeah, well, I'm assuming he still owns it, but I know that he's not super involved because he heard about how he's going to take a huge step back from like training and everything involved with MMA. So I don't know, but yeah, man. I mean, I actually really liked Eagle FC for the brief time it was around. So, but anyways. Um, I think we should go ahead and uh, keep it rolling, man. We should keep it rolling. Because speaking of promotions that are, you know, they exist. Uh, one championship. I don't want to say anything good or bad for legal reasons. Uh, one championship. Uh, they had an event in Japan, which, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Like it was, there were some interesting fights. I mean, Sexyama got destroyed by Nikki Holskin in a uh, in a mixed rules <laughs> fight. In the first round, I believe it was like first round MMA, like kickboxing or second round grappling, third round MMA. You know what I mean? It was some weird shit like that. Fourth round Muay Thai or something. Dude, <laughs> dude couldn't even make brother couldn't even make it out of the first minute with Biggie Holskin, dude. It was like, yeah, it was it was rough. Uh, Sexyama got it, fucked up. Well, I mean, it doesn't help that Sexyama's fucking Bernard Hopkins territory of old now. So I mean, he's like, he, he doesn't he doesn't look like it though. No, he doesn't. He does not. But he is around that age. He's like 49 years old. But respectfully, Sexy Yama's the same age as my mother. <laughs> not an exaggeration. That's, that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not surprised with that. But, you know, that wasn't even the craziest moment of the uh, the card. The craziest moment was that John Lineker, former UFC bantamweight and obviously uh, former one championship, I believe champion John Lineker, stepping in. On what was it like? They picked him out of the crowd with like thirty minutes notice. Yeah, probably had some beers, man. Uh, ends up stepping in to face Shinya Aoki after Sage Northcutt withdrew to having no cornerman. Um, there were some issues. Yeah. They, I think they needed a work visa or, or something. Uh, but yeah, they fucking dude one. Uh, they offered to have Cade Rutolo corner Shinya. I don't know if it was Cade who offered. Uh, yeah. Sage did, you know, did not, uh, refused or denied the, the offer, which I get and I don't get at the same time, right? Uh, and, and it makes sense because, you know, Kate's not his coach, you know, and at the same time, Kate's not prepping for Shinya. Uh, and then we found out Kate Rotolo was also offered to have his fi- fight Shinya in MMA and Kate was going to make his MMA debut and then also grapple that same night i'm not gonna lie though they kind of dropped the ball there i kind of wanted i wanted to go that direction but i think uh the whole reason is they didn't want to essentially screw over Cade's uh 
Cade's opponent in his grappling match. It would make sense. I think that's respectable, right? Uh, but fuck, man, you yeah. can't deny it. That would have been pretty badass if Cade went out there against uh, Shinya Oki and had his damn maybe beat and maybe potentially won. Uh, what else yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah. What, what was the other option they had? I, I, I can't even think, but I mean, I think that was it. And then they got Lineker, who did it. He did weigh in as a backup. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, he got, he had, he picked him out literally out of the crowd. Like the guy's watching, watching the fights. He was just there chilling. Yeah. Yeah, he was just there chilling. And, but hey, man, John Lineker, down, hey, he is our DTF fighter of the week. Oh, dude. With, I mean, are you. <laughs> That's that's up there, dude. For DT- I mean, I don't know if anybody's gonna be able to take that title for a while. That might be the most DTF I've seen someone in. That might Honestly, be the DTF fighter, dude, of all time right now. <laughs> I think that uh, I really think that whenever we get like a bigger a bigger audience, or maybe maybe, some, maybe the people will want it sooner than that. You know what I mean? But like, I think whenever we make merch, we gotta have a DTF shirt. You know what I mean? I'm oh, like, dude, I think guys want DTF merch now, dude. I think. <laughs> yeah. I, Down. Fight. Yeah. I, I mean, shit. I I want DTF merch, Josh. One hundred percent, dude. I you, you make a good point. You make a good point. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, it was a uh, a absolutely just yeah, man. Just just a, just what a scene. And I don't even know if we said it by the way. Uh, Sh- Shinya went in there and just beat the shit out of him. I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, it was basically what you would expect. Uh, for a guy that weighs 30 pounds less and the highest he's fought is 135, stepping up on an hour's notice to fight a lightweight great. Basically looked exactly what you would expect. Uh, um, yeah, man. And I mean, still, you gotta give, uh, you gotta give John Lineker props to your TTF fighter of the week. Sage Northcutt, hit dude, his one championship run has been just fucking bizarre. Just one after the other. Like, honestly, like, just nonstop, dude. Because you had, obviously, he came in, for a quick recap, for those of you who might have missed it, got signed in 2019, got flattened, absolutely murdered by Cosmo Alexandra, took off four years, came back, heel-hooked a guy, and now stepped in for this mo- for this fight, and then obviously pulled out like on fight day because he had no cornerman. Uh, just a very bizarre run for a guy who at one point we thought was going to be a future you know, uh, star, honestly. So... Yeah, man, Sage Northcutt, man, he's had a weird ass career, and I, and it's not really getting much better. Uh, but yeah, man, shout out, shout out, uh, both Shinya for taking the fight and John Lineker for also stepping up. And also, gonna mention it real quickly, uh, Shinya Aoki tore into Shatri in his uh, post fight interview in Japanese, and the translator didn't translate it, and it was uh, it was hilarious. Uh, but yeah, man, any, any closing thoughts on that or any other fights from one uh, one I believe one sixty five. I wonder how many fights uh, Sage has on his uh, on his contract, and if he would ever come back to the UFC. Well, that was what Dana said uh, that like he was interested in bringing him back whenever he left, like because they, they even offered him like a, a main event and everything. Like, oh wow! Like that, if I remember correctly, whenever he left in 2019, they offered him a main event. Uh, they offered him this the Singapore main event against um, Damian Maya that Ben Askren later took. That was going to be his first uh, main event. Wow, that's a hard fight too. Because I think he was coming off a no, he was coming off a, he was on a three fight win streak on that that yep. tail end of his uh his UFC run. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see him come back. He has dude. He's twenty seven. Like this guy has not barely aged. Like there's still time. Um, exactly. I can't find the details of his uh, contracts. So that's that's unfortunate. But you know what? Yeah, I, probably, I can't. Im- Four fights, I'm assuming, and he's only had two. 
Yeah, to be four fight four or five contracts four, are pretty the no, pretty much four or five. Norm, I'd say so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, dude, I don't know. It's just, it's just heartbreaking. I, I love to see a return. Yeah, same. Because I still like Sage a lot, man. I mean, he's so young, and and here's the thing: is like whenever he came back and he had that fight last year, he looked he's in a good, good. gym. He he's really a, good. He's in a good. He's a teen alpha male. This guy isn't like at some smaller gym or just with his guys. Like Faber was in Japan. He was holding mitts and everything for him, and he was grappling. I think too. Yep. Uh, like this guy is surrounded by like a bunch of solid guys in that gym, and. If there's ever a return man, I think the UFC, I think, I think, uh, especially, especially Sage, like, he could definitely find a lot of success and become a star for them and make up, I think, quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's really, like, he's that fucking good, man. Like, he's, he's really good, but, you know, I don't know. I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, where he does moving forward, man, because he really does still have potential. He's still in his 20s. And um, if he comes back to UFC, that'd be interesting. But and even then, for one, he could be a future star. It's just like getting him active, keeping him rolling, so on and so forth. But we'll see, man. We will see what uh, what's next for him, as well as Shinya. Because like you said, uh, he said in the green room, uh, we want to see Shinya get to 50. You really want to see him get to 50. I'm not sure how much longer he has in this game with that raspy-ass voice of his, but <laughs> I want to see him get to there, you know. Uh, but, uh, anyways, man, just go ahead and, uh, keep it rolling. Um, this was a fight announcement. This is the, this is the first Bellator fight announcement. This one's gonna be really quick. First Bellator fight announcement we've gotten since the PFL. We kinda thought, like, he's, Don Davis said they were gonna split the companies, keep them as separate entities. But we haven't gotten any Bellator fight announcements. We haven't really gotten any fucking Bellator news since that deal happened well over three months ago. Well, earlier this week, it was confirmed that Bellator 302 will be going down from Belfast, Ireland. Corey Anderson and Carl Moore to fight for the vacant Bellator light heavyweight title. Vadim Nemkov has been stripped of the title. No, I don't know if he's either stripped or vacated officially. It doesn't really matter. It's the same fucking thing because he's moving up to heavyweight. Uh, what do you make of this fight to go down as the main event of this card going down in March? Fire. I mean, big moment for Corey, right? His opportunity to, to get the... the- you know, the Bellator title. And, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, he's, he has to seize the moment, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And for Corey, man, this is a big opportunity because if you, if people remember, he came up short twice against Nemkov. Granted, one was a no contest. Um, yeah, I mean, we really, we really thought that he was going to be a guy, go to the, uh, go to Bellator and just instantly go out and have some big success. Um, was yeah, it, it like exactly? That. Yeah. Go ahead. That's what I mean. It seemed like that. Yeah, yeah, and he did have a lot of success. But at the same time, he came up short in the title fights. And Carl Moore, no disrespect to him, he's had some he's had some good wins, man. Um, same time, this is a great matchup for Corey Anderson, and for him, this is a this could be his moment, man. After all those years working, all the years people make it fun of him, beast in twenty five eight. You know what I mean? Uh, he, you know, he'll get the opportunity to finally become world champion in uh, in March. And uh, we'll see, man. And in, in this fight, to me, at first, I was like, kind of a weird title fight until you remember, oh, shit, Corey's already beaten Phil Davis, Yol Romero. Like, he's beaten a lot of other guys that are in the Bellator Light Heavyweight Division. So this fight kind of makes more sense when you look at it from that angle. And Carmel has won four in a row inside the Bellator cage. So, Dude, Yags uh, might sh- get that rematch. Yags on the three-win streak. Oh, man, I would love that fight. I lo- we're, we're huge Yags fans here, you know. 
Fuck it. You know, Bellator, they said that they're only going to run events outside of America. Fuck it. Give Yags a fight, Kyle fight in his home country. Do it. No balls. You won't. You know what I mean? Where's like, Jax from anyways? I'm trying to, like, I'm actually curious now. Dude, that's a, that's a good question. Um, that's Turmekistan. That's the yep, flag. Perfect. Happy you said it instead of me. Right. Fighting um, out of Ukraine though. Oh, okay. Well, they, in that case, they cannot run that event. They, yeah, no, sadly. Well, they were gonna, you know what's crazy is they could, they were gonna run an event, I believe, in Ukraine because they're gonna have, uh, Amosov. I think Scott Coker talked about that. Oh, like before the war. They wanted to defend the title, and it did not happen. I mean, Josh, so. Fedor was supposed to have his retirement in the Red Square, you know, but, you know, things changed. Yeah, they, uh... Russia did yeah. some very not nice things that led to that not happening. I know. I know. Crazy, dude. Crazy. Um, But anyways, man, just, I'm happy to see Bellator back. Happy to see Bellator back. The more fight, the more MMA fights, the better, man. So, you know... Love to see it. I know a lot of people were, that have made fun of Bellator. A lot of people talk about, how, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm happy that it's gone, yada, yada, yada. Well, man, back. fuck those people, dude. Fuck I know. Well, you know, MMA, you know MMA fans are just they're just toxic as hell, man. They don't really think about, like, the big the big scene. You know what I mean? If Bellator is gone completely, that's really bad news for all fighters. So I'm happy that they're keeping them around, even if it is, like, PFL and Viacom running. Because I think Viacom still owns, like, 30% of the company. So, uh, but anyways. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, keep it rolling, man, because this, this is an interesting story. I'm not sure how closely you followed this situation. I followed it very closely, uh, writing about it. Ryan Gar- What the fuck is going on with Ryan Garcia? Uh, Ryan Garcia was supposed to fight Devin Haney. They were in talks. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya met with Eddie Hearn about it. Apparently, they were eyeing an April fight. All of a sudden, Ryan Garcia was training with Floyd Mayweather, and he U-turned on that fight, said, you know what, I'm fighting Raleigh Romero next. Raleigh told him to fuck off and sign a fight with Isaac Cruz instead. And now Ryan Garcia, we're back to square one. Apparently he's going to fight Devin Haney on April 20th uh, in Las Vegas. That's not finalized, but both guys have said they won it. And it seems like, I don't know what's going on with Ryan. I've seen him in a lot of interviews. He kind of seems all over the place, man. Um, what do you make of this fight? I'm not sure if you've seen any of his ongoing uh, situation, you know? That's, I mean, that's, that's. Uh, I saw his most recent interview. I, can't, I don't remember what the podcast was, but he was talking about the uh, tank fight. Um, I mean, look, the thing is, just like uh, Ryan is, and, and we mentioned this since the beginning, dude. Ryan is still so young, like twenty five, dude. Like this guy is still like ever learning, ever ever changing, talking about mistakes, talking about improving. Like that's 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 probably most of what you're, as you know, as someone who is in their early twenties, still. I mean, that is life right now, fucking up, learning, you know, evolving constantly. I think you know that. Um. You know, and I think that's kind of the the spot he's in too. I mean, he's been in the spotlight since he was what seventeen, sixteen years old, uh, with all this attention and, and you know this money that's coming in and around these big profile people. And like I said, he's he's had a lot of stuff going on personally out of the sport. You know, I know he separated from his his uh, his lady who he had his child with and stuff like that. And uh, you know, he's a very from from what it seems like he seems very spiritual at times, and mm-hmm. he talks about stuff like that as well. Um, you know, like I said, he he's he's, he's young and learning. Uh, that's that's this is what we see, you know. Um, that's something about fighting, man. That's different from uh from traditional, like you know, you know, ball and stick sports, whatever you want to call them, right? Uh, 
I heard who was it someone talked about. I think it might have been Rampage. It might have been on the Jackson podcast. It was like, you know, when you're coming up and, and you know, in fighting and, you know, think about the people who fight. You're, you're not necessarily guys who maybe always have the most education or have maybe the best upbringings and, you know, stuff like that. And not to say that that means they're bad people or anything like that, but they just kind of give you an idea where they're originating from where mm-hmm. – like think opposed to a guy who's a guy who's in a soccer academy, a guy who played football or, or uh, basketball, you know, like those guys have been, been getting praised and brought up and, and, and they're in that world for quite some time. And, the, and a lot of times those guys kind of know they're going to make it at some point where in combat, you don't know that, you know, that you're kind of uh, you're taking the risk and 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 you hope that you make it. And you're part of that one percent. And on top of that, you have the skills and uh when it comes to fighting, dude, a lot of times we see these guys kind of grow up in front of us, you know? I mean, it can't happen in, in football and basketball as well, but most definitely in combat, man. I mean, think about the personalities in combat and, and the stories about those guys and their upbringings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let, me be, and let me be clear here. I know that Ryan is a very spiritual guy, and I really don't want to – I don't want to shit on him because I actually am a big Ryan Garcia fan. That kid has gotten a lot of undeserved – Say kid, he's like five years older than me, but at this point, but like, like, <laughs> you get my point. Two, like, two years, two years, two years. Oh, okay. Well, now I feel unaccomplished. You should have just let me say five. Um, it's just as I didn't know it's that close. Jokes aside, I mean, this this dude's gotten a lot of undeserved hate over the years. Like, people shit on him for not fighting people, but like, is it really for a long time? Was it really that different from guys like Gervonta and and fucking Devin Haney? Like, none of those guys were fighting anybody for years because they were young guys gaining experience. And he's had some banger fights. And, like, even of the young the young guys, I think he's probably the most entertaining. And maybe you can you can definitely argue Tank, too, um, to bring him up. But, like, I don't know, man. I thought he'd gotten a lot of hundreds of hate for a long, a long time. That being said, um, and he gained a lot of support whenever, you know, Oscar De La Hoya and Bernard Hopkins, and uh, they abandoned him. They did after his loss to Tank. They didn't even show up to the post by press conference. They saw him lose and dipped, like, to do that to your young star, bro, that's 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 rough, man. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm admittedly, I'm, I, I like Ryan a lot, but here's here's the thing, man. The last month has been a really rough one for him. Um, I hope he's doing good because obviously he had his kid board and then immediately got a divorce from his wife. Uh, he said he was gonna fight Devin Haney, then immediately, you know, he said he was, oh, you know, never mind, I'm gonna fight Raleigh, and all of a sudden he dipped for Floyd Mayweather to start training him and working with him. You know what I mean? And now he's back on Devin Haney, and he even said, you know, fuck, I'll fight in a way, you know, like, he's kinda all over the place, man, and, uh, I hope he's doing good, cause he's gone, he's gone through a lot of shit, a lot of stressors, and, I don't think this is a good fight for him either. Like, if I'm Ryan Garcia, like, I take a tune-up before fighting Devin Haney, man, cause, I understand they had a lot of close competitive fights in the amateurs, but based on their most recent performances, I don't think Ryan – I mean, he's good enough to, to hold the chance against anybody on any given night. He's that good, but at the same time, I wouldn't give him more than a 20% chance against a Devin Haney that fought Regis Progre. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's also – Right, though, there, there's a lot of talk about Regis, right? Like, did Regis get fraud-checked, you know? Like, I'm not saying that's necessarily true, but it's just uh... – well, and and also, I mean, Regis, I believe, I I didn't think he had, a, I stood a chance against Danny, Devin Haney. That's just a terrible matchup for him, and nearly got beat. But I thought I he thought, lost to I Daniel. Thought, I thought Regis would do better, though. You know, like I didn't think Regis would do like wouldn't look yeah. like the way Regis looked that night. I mean, that was, yeah, that was insane. I mean, that was. I'm not gonna say it was a Bud Crawford, you know, Earl Spence s performance, but to a certain extent, it wasn't like fully that far from it either. You know. 
Yeah, I mean, I will say that I wasn't expecting him to get beat that bad, but I didn't think he was gonna. I didn't think that fight was gonna be close either. I mean, I watched his last fight with Daniel Lito uh, Zarillo, and I thought he lost that one. And I think Zarillo took that fight on like a week notice. He's supposed to face uh, Liam Piero, I believe. And um, yeah, and he took that fight on like a week notice and nearly beat him. And Daniel Zarillo, uh, Zarillo, excuse me, doesn't even have a fucking Wikipedia page just to give you an idea of how oh, untested that guy is. Josh is a Wikipedia page. It's uh, it's the best way to determine it. It's the best, not for MMA, because for MMA there's shitty rules. Like you have to have three fights in the UFC to get a Wikipedia page. Like there's some weird rule, like three fights in Bellator or PFL or one of the major orgs. Mm-hmm. For boxing, there is no rule like that. You just have to be somebody of note. And uh, he, I mean, he's not a very, he's not a very noteworthy guy. So that just kind of shows you, right? Well, I just I just think it's funny though because it's one. That well, you to be fair, up. the rule's always proven correct, Angel. Did <laughs> that, yeah. Well, for the most part, for the most part. Uh, Joe's side, man. Um, yeah, I, I like I like Regis, but I was not very surprised in terms of Devin Haney versus Ryan. Man, I mean. I don't think that would go his way either. And also, he, like, he's training with Floyd, too. And he's, like, is he still with, like, Derek James? I haven't seen him training. Like, who knows? It's it's a really – I like the guy a lot, so I really hope he doesn't take this fight at this time. You know what I mean? Uh, fight, fight – just have a fun fight with fucking, I don't even – Manny Pacquiao or something. You know what I mean? Fuck it. You know, and Manny said he's back. <laughs> there was talk of that fight in 2021, I believe. So why not? You know what I mean? Dude, he's, he's going to fight Floyd Mayweather, dude. What do you mean? Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, fuck it. He'll fight, uh, no, fuck it. Have him fight Dean the Great. Fuck it. <laughs> but they're having their tournament right now in Misfits, dude. You know that? I did hear about that. I heard something about it, yeah. They're doing, uh, what was it in boxing, what they call it? They're, uh... The Super 8? Yeah, except it's gonna be, I, it's, fuck, it might be, uh, I mean, you could argue it's be the Loser 8 for Misfits. But... <laughs> that, was, that was not... That's not, all right, yeah, yeah, you're not, I mean, you're not wrong, you're not wrong, dude. I mean, I just, look, I love boxing, but I mean, I'm not gonna fully disrespect it either. <laughs> I get it, dude, I get it. Um, anyways, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like Ryan a lot, but this is, uh, this is rough, man, rough. But, uh, anyways, man, uh, only a couple more things to, to run through. Uh, one is a fight announcement as well. This one is official, I believe. They both, they showed, uh, themselves signing the contract online. Um, finally, finally, Shannon, the cannon Briggs back for the first time since 2016, will be facing former UFC champion rampage Jackson in a boxing match June 1st in Qatar. These two have been going back and forth for years. Shannon, the cannon has just been harassing him nonstop. What do you make of this fight? Let's go champ. I can't believe it, Josh. It's finally happening. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Let's go. The fight, likely going to be the retirement fight of uh, Shannon the Cannon, one of the most entertaining men uh, in in boxing history. I feel like I always think of that clip of him fucking going out in the middle of the ocean all to harass Vladimir Klitschko. All of and, them, Josh. Not just that one. All of them. All of them. You're right. But that's probably my favorite one of of, of all of them. Um, early thoughts on the matchup. Who do you got? I mean, you got a favorite, you got a favorite cannon, right? Like he's, it's going to be boxing, right? It's going to be boxing. It is going to be boxing. Yeah. Don't know how many rounds. And Paige does have hands, but this is boxing. So yeah, I always, I'd always favor the boxer, but you never know. You know, Hey, Anderson Silva did it. You know That's true. Anderson beat a, Anderson beat a, uh, wash Julio Cesar Chavez. Can 
Rampage, that was a historic moment, it. dude. That that moment's still unappreciated. That's up there with Francis and Tyson Fury not being appreciated enough, just you know. Yeah, and you know what? Well, the part that pisses me off is people were like, oh, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., he's washed, so it shouldn't count. It's like, dude, Anderson Silva is like 50 years old. Like, I don't give a damn how washed you are. Anderson Silva is old as shit, has broke his leg, left the UFC on like a five-fight losing streak, and then went to Mexico and won on the cards. Just to show you how dominant it was. He beat, he beat this man in his own country, bro. Dude, and that's the crazy... Dude, they... Some, Somebody, one of the judges gave the fight to Chavez, too. Like, he didn't get the fucking memo. You know what I mean? Like, Anderson had to be flawless <laughs> to win that. He, Anderson had to be flawless to win that fight, and he was. So, there you go, bro. Like, he is that guy. So, I mean, yeah, I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited for Rampage versus Shannon, bro. I'm, I'm honestly – these guys have teased it forever. They have a really funny chemistry. The, the buildup will be hilarious. And, you know, Shannon even – Rampage posted a video of himself – Signing the contract with Shannon instantly. He had his own video making, like, voicing over Rampage. He's like, look at how fucking scared he is. Let's go check. He's he knows he's going to have to answer in June. Just like fucking <laughs> just talking over him. Um, yeah, man, excited for it. I wonder who, if they're going to have other fights like this on the undercard. I don't know who's promoting it either, you know? By the way, I the, have you heard about uh, fucking Rampage talking about his uh, unlimited strength? <laughs> when he gets angry? No, I haven't. No. Yeah, he gets uh unlimited strength when he gets angry, dude. I found this out recently, dude. Ah, uh, well. Yeah, he gets inhuman strength. He fucking talks so I guess, about this. So I guess we gotta have uh Shannon really piss him off. I mean, that won't be hard, dude. I mean, can can might just show up to the restaurant he's eating at? I eat what you eat, champ. I eat what you eat, champ. I eat what you eat. <laughs> Let's go, champ. Let's go, You're champ. Not- you know what I always think about? The most underrated part of that that is that is hilarious that nobody talks about is that he faced Vitaly Klitschko like two years before that and literally almost died because of how badly he got beat. <laughs> like Shannon Shannon did the same thing with Vitaly Klitschko. Shannon Briggs pissed off Vitaly Klitschko in the buildup. And Vitaly, he wouldn't finish him. But across 12 rounds, he just – he beat him within an inch of his life. Like I think Shannon Briggs literally couldn't fly home for months because he had to stay in the hospital. Like, he broke his orbital. He broke, like, tons of shit in his face. Like, it was it was terrible. Like, it was... And then, and then afterwards, he was like, fuck it, I want the brother. Like, it's just like... <laughs> like, just game as fuck, dude. Like, I, lo- I love Shannon, dude. Chased him, bro. Um, chased him to the end of time, bro. Didn't get it, but chased his ass. I know. I know. Um, but anyways, man. I think uh, this is the last bit of news. I feel like I had to throw it in because it is UFC-related uh, news because we've talked about both these guys in, in different aspects. Uh, Vince McMahon, uh, no longer in charge of WWE, no longer part of the TKO group. He has uh, he officially resigned after details of a lawsuit relating to uh, rape and uh, sexual assault, sex God trafficking. He just got his demonetized. Fuck. We were already demonetized. No, we were already never monetized to begin with. It's all right. right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Vince McMahon, man. Uh, I don't know if you've read any of this lawsuit. Uh, I read the full uh, 60 pages, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, little bit of a legal nerd. Um, uh, is, I wish I didn't. Is it a lot of allegations, like he said, she said? It's it's not, unfortunately. It's It's like they have text messages of him saying... I'm not gonna. I'm actually not gonna say that on there because it could get like clipped. 
I could get flagged. I'm, I'm not gonna. But he, this was one of the texts. Just to give you a, a frame of reference, like he so, he threatened to. You're, uh, he you're writing it so I can get my live reaction to it, or are you are you gonna like describe it? This was okay. I remember this one from memory. This is one of the texts he sent. Oh shit! So people are gonna hear my live. Oh fuck! Wait, that that blatant? That blatant. Holy shit! And there was. There, the full 60 pages, if people want to read it, they're available. The whole court document. Um, cause That's crazy, a lot by of the way. People, people who don't know Josh, this, you might dude, have to delete that, dude. The government might I ain't, Brother, brother, it's already happening. I'm removing it. <laughs> Anyways. Dude, that is, that yeah. is wild. I, I gave people my live reaction to it. That is crazy. So – so he's no longer a part of the TKO group. He had a he had a role higher than Dana White did, I believe. He was like executive vice president or something. But by the way, um, I do have one question. Who who was that sent to? Do we know that as so well? So the woman, her name, I, I, well, I guess it's public now. Janelle Grant. She was a WWE uh, like an executive who she got hired in like 2020 after like the death of her parents, and she she met Vince like through like a friend of a friend, like at like the apartment she lived at. And, like, it started off, like, he was, like, just working with her and eventually crossed some boundaries. And eventually it turned on to, like, hey, you need to sleep with me to keep your job. And then, you know, it just, like, a lot of grape. Apparently he, uh, there was with John Laurinaitis, who was also a former WWE executive. Apparently he, apparently also allegedly was involved in, in this situation in, uh, in, in, uh, you know, in a gang type uh, grape situation. Um, yeah. And also, it's it's basically the worst shit you, you'll read. I mean, I knew that Vince McMahon was up to some really bad shit, but apparently during, like, I guess he sh- he literally shit on this woman's head during a... Yeah, I mean, the type... Dude, rich, rich white dudes get up to the weirdest fucking shit because they feel like... They feel like empowered. They feel like dude, no one can was, touch was, to be fair, was Vince at the island, dude? Like, dude, I I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, he the it was some of the most fucked up shit I've ever read. And here's the thing: is it's only going to get worse because, dude, might, guys, like, have, they don't. Uh, you might have to pass the link, dude. I might have to read this on my own. I will. I'll send you the link after the, after the pod. But yeah, I mean, it is. It's 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 terrible. And the thing is, is apparently, like, you don't you don't. He's had other allegations of like. More, I mean, there's no good, there's no good, like, it's never good, but of this, less this severe is, allegations. Yeah, I was gonna say, this is the peak of that. Yes, this is the, he, he shit on a woman's head during, apparently, while, while him and a friend apparently, like, you know what I mean? Like, graped this woman. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay monetized. Uh, I, I was my bad for earlier. But apparently, like that's that's literally the levels of. Oh, oh just decided, I think you do have to censor it a little bit because if not, they'll actually like hide her video. They will. I know. So I'm trying to I'm trying to be really careful with the way I I, I phrase everything, and also because this all is still technically alleged. I say technically because they have a lot of text messages, like a bunch of them from Vince, that like corroborate her story. So it's like. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. It's it's it was really bad. Are, and here's are they, the here's are they screen caps or are they uh just uh transcript? Uh screen caps. Oh fuck. Yeah. iPhone text messages. They subpoenaed his ass. They did. And they're going to trial and apparently I 
I I would actually be surprised if this ends in a settlement because from what the from what the the victim has said, she said that she's doing this so that way it goes to uh, what other people have said that they think she's doing this so that way it goes to discovery and they can get more of um like more victims to come forward by discovering more of Vince's like personal information and some of his more text messages that haven't been released. You know what I mean? So she's looking out for other people who've been affected essentially. Correct. Correct. And uh, the thing is, is that some people are coming after her. I don't know why. I mean, you have to be bottom of the barrel type human. You know what I mean? Uh, because like, oh, she, she, here's the thing, which by the way, the craziest part of the story to me. So Vince, after all this stuff happened, he said like, I'll pay you $3 million to fuck off. And that, and she did. She, she signed an NDA and then Vince paid her $1 million and refused to pay her again. And it's like he thought he was so powerful that he could just do that. You know what I mean? He like and even the, even the most fucked up thing is Angel. This so the reason why he got kicked out of WWE in 2021 and he later came back was the whole the, the chair like the board discovered that he had made 15 million dollars in NDA payments like NDA payments. This girl only got one million. Imagine the shit that had to have gone on for the other people. For him to spend $14 million. That's just, and he's worth almost, he's a billionaire. And he was skimping on two mil and now his fucking career's over. It's just crazy. But, uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's, oh, wait a minute. I didn't even say, I didn't even mention another relevant part of this. This is the part that's going very underreported, mainly because this is not confirmed and he was not named in the lawsuit. That being said, if, if you use context clues and you just follow the, the timeline, uh, it's very obvious. So Brock Lesnar allegedly well, – let me actually, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say a former UFC heavyweight champion who was at the time in negotiations to re-sign a deal with the WWE was named in the lawsuit uh, because apparently Vince tried to get this woman to, to, to traffic this woman to this former UFC heavyweight champion, and the only reason it didn't happen was because of COVID – or else he would have also have graped this woman along with Vince and a couple of other his friends. So, um, and that that name has, has been figured out to be many by many to be Brock Lesnar. So, let's say JDS, Cain Velasquez, Ma- dude. Math wise, it can literally. I think they. I don't even know if they said champion or fighter. So it could. It, math wise, it had to have been Brock Lesnar, Matt Riddle, or Cain Velasquez. So. Or, I mean, fuck, unless Dane Seven or Kane Shamrock was coming back. <laughs> you know, like, mouth-wise, there's only a couple of different people it could be, so. They yeah, had, it's him, a fucking they had him slated for, for a return. Yeah, it's a fucking terrible situation, but that's, that's. I mean, I don't got anything else to add, man. Bobby I mean, Lashley? Oh, well, I didn't think, I, he never fought in the UFC, it could have been him. But, yeah, that's all I got, man. I mean, any, uh, any closing thoughts, man, I guess, in, on well, anything in the combat sports world? That that, that that is wild, dude. Like I didn't know all the details. I mean, I I had an idea, but I didn't like put it. I didn't look into it too much. Just I was like, I'll see how things play out. I'm sure that you know the truth will come out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I was shocked. I was shocked it was that blatant. Like I said, I need to see this. I need to see these screen caps now. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I did want to end it on the, on a slightly lighter note. Did you see that yes. the BKFC guy uh, was meeting up with Dana? Uh, I did see that. Yeah. Rob, Rob Feldman. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Um, do we know anything about that? Do you know what's going on there? I would. I don't know anything, but I do wonder if it's related to a Mike Perry return. 
That's what I was thinking too. I was thinking. Mike Perry doing... teased that he was going to be on UFC 300, and everybody was like, "Oh, okay, we just talked shit." And then I saw well, that, and I'm like, "Oh." Well, he called. What's it? he called a uh, hunter, right? Right, live on the so. podcast, right? One of I the so, yeah. one of the matchmakers, and he was talking to him, and then uh, the podcast cut out, or they cut it there, because he said, "Well, let me make you, or let me br- let me bring something, or something along the lines of, let me tell you this, right, or X, whatever, right?" Yeah. And uh, so I wonder. I mean, shit. Could you imagine if? Because uh, in reality, there's no downside for the B, for the UFC to bring back Mike Perry for one, right? The only ones who would, if Mike loses, it only looks sort of bad on BKFC, right? Mm-hmm. Sorta. And really, then it's like Mike would still have his undefeated record and bare knuckle, you know? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I'm very. I hope to, I hope that's what is happening. I don't know for sure that's what's happening. In fact, I think the more likely thing is that the UFC might be making a deal to have, like, uh, BKFC or some sort of BKFC event on Fight Pass or something. Oh, that's that's true, too. Dude, what do you yeah. mean, dude? Eddie Alvarez and Mike Perry in the UFC, dude. Haven't made the rematch. Oh, God, I wish. Then God, I the, wish. Dude. And then that way, they get they get Eddie back so he can fight Michael Chandler or Connor. 300 IQ mm-hmm. play. You know what? I'd, I'd actually love that. Yeah. I fucking, I dude, I'm that. telling you, I fucking got this shit figured out, dude. I got, I gave him fucking Alexander Hernandez, dude. I gave him this. Like, the UFC just needs to fucking hire me, dude. Like, they need to quit being pussies and just hit my line. Yeah, for real, dude. For real. What the fuck? What the fuck, Dana? Yeah, <laughs> dude. WWE, the WWE might have to hire me, too, now that they're about to lose Vince. Potentially. <sighs> Potentially, potentially, potentially. No, Vince is already resigned. He's already gone. Oh, he's gone, gone. Oh, well, there you go. He's gone, gone. Triple H, but. I'm available. Triple H, Hunter, we're ready. I'm ready. But, uh, send, the, send the location. Send the contract. I'll, I'll sign it. <laughs> Anyways, man. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see how the, what how that uh, how that ends up, man. Don't have any details though as of now. And he also, I also saw that he met with Eddie Hearn on the same day, so. Yeah, was another one. But they have been friendly for a while, so I don't know if that's related to anything. And like you said, fight pass. So, yeah. Makes sense. Um, anyways, man, uh, that's all I got. Um, any any closing thoughts, man? Anything else you want to say before we head out? Man, by the way, uh, we're going to go into 11 straight weeks of MMA. So I am very happy. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big thing. Um. 2024 starting off with a bang. Uh, don't take that out of context. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there's just a lot of great fucking fights coming up, man. I, I know these next two cards, like this card and the next card are all right. There's some, there's some importance to them. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, I think, uh, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna start heating up here real soon with the Mexico card, with the pay-per-view. Uh, UFC 299, not that far away. Francis, you know, and, uh, we got fucking, I, dude, I didn't even know this until recently, but like, Tailfim was fighting like in a week or two. Yep. Yeah. So, super excited for that. Just to give you an idea, Super Bowl is upon us. Soon we gotta wait. What is it? One more week? Two more weeks? Uh, we got one more week. It's gonna be uh, the eleventh. So. So ten days. Mm-hmm. Let's go check. Yep, ten days, man. We're so close to another parade. Uh, <laughs> fucking getting getting really getting getting too cocky about it. Uh, Josh is like, pull out. By the way, did you see the jersey stat? No, what's the jersey uh, stat? It was like on ESPN. It's like the Chiefs will not be wearing white. They'll be wearing red. 
and I forgot what their record is for people in white jerseys in the, I don't know if it's in the Super Bowl or the playoffs, but it's like 16 to 3 or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Damn. The, that... the 49ers will be wearing white. Damn. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Just like that, Josh? It's all, hey, it's over. It's over. By the way, it's over. We don't have always fucking meme about ESPN stats. Like, dude, where the fuck did these assholes pull that one from? Like, I'm just gonna... <laughs> You know what I mean, though? Like, uh... yeah, here, I found it. Win-loss record of teams wearing white in the Super Bowl since 2004, 16-3. The Chiefs will wear red, 49ers, in white for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Dude, there we go. Well, we we break, go. We bre- we're here to break records, dude, you know? And clearly stats don't apply to us, so... Yeah, man. Also, yeah. they're wearing fucking red, dude. The Chiefs wear fucking red. You know, that's Damn the fucking right color. Damn so right. Who gives a fuck? I mean, we're definitely being a little bit too cocky right now, but look, dude, I mean, the amount of shit that as a Chiefs fan I had to look at over this year, you know, about how we're washed. Oh, and, over and the now years, dude. Not even, not even now. Over the years, dude. Let them know, Josh. Fuck your shit. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's, it's hilarious, because not only did I have to see all this fucking shit this year, but not only did I have to see all this shit. Now that we're winning games, oh, it's because of the referees. Or, oh, it's because the NFL is scripted. It's like, dude, fuck off, you know? Like, come on. Get out of here, bro. Let him know, bro. Let him know. Like, you guys, you guys were talking about how Lamar Jackson was going to save the NFL, and now that he lost, it's scripted? No, brother, he just threw into triple coverage with the game on the line. Like, what do you mean? Like, dude, he got stunned again, dude. He did. I mean, I like Lamar a lot, but, dude, I've never seen anybody fold in the playoffs harder. I mean, he was out there. He looked like a, he looked like he was seeing ghosts, dude. Yeah, you know what I mean? Might have been. But, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, that's all I got. Um, but I'm not Josh Shivenoff on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore O one. I courtside sound for all things related to the show. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the pod this week. So uh, yeah, go ahead and feel free to give us a like, subscribe, peace, and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>